you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to Intelligent Medicine listeners. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to answer your questions. We thank you for the large number of questions that flow into us each week. They come to radio program at AOL.com. Uh, we're really grateful that uh, it gives us um, grist for our mills, uh, subjects to tackle for our weekly disquisition that we call Q&A with Layla. Disquisition. Yeah. As says the eponymous Layla. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that we call you the eponymous Layla because yes. you lend your name to the podcast. Yes, yes, right, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, you know the eponymous Madonna. Yes, right. Okay, so uh, here we be, and uh, this is uh, an opportunity before we get to questions. To talk a little bit about a question on people's minds and a couple yeah. of studies that just came out. Uh, you know, we, we keep complaining that studies that show that meat is harmful. I mean, there are many studies show that meat is harmful. Yeah. And they're equally studies that show that meat is exonerated in terms yes. of uh, risk of dying, risk of cancer. There's a scientific study for absolutely any opinion you'd like to have. Right. About Pro anything, kind. yes. Pro, so the, yes. another way of saying this, the devil can quote scriptures to his purpose. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. That's yes, yes. a famous Very good. Okay, so, uh, so pick, pick a side and then, you know, defend it with studies. Uh, and we've complained that a couple of things. One is that these meat studies, you mm -hmm. know, people eat a lot of meat, uh, include some people who are very fastidious about their diets, but include meat, like mm -hmm. you and I. We yeah. include animal protein in meat yeah. and red meat, mm -hmm. uh, but we're very careful that it be grass-fed, natural, yes. unprocessed. And we eat a ton of vegetables. Oh, totally. And we follow careful totally. lifestyles. Now, there is a segment of the population that eats tons of meat. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't do healthy things. They live in unhealthy environments. They don't exercise. They smoke. They drink too much beer. And they don't eat enough veg fruits and vegetables. Exactly. They, they cram themselves with animal protein to the exclusion of... So, right. So they eat these, a burger and that's it. So it may be that eating meat mm. uh, is sometimes a signature for an unhealthy lifestyle for some. Yes. And that the preponderance of people who don't follow a healthy lifestyle skew the statistics. Yes. So the other problem, as we've noted is that studies never discriminate between processed and unprocessed meat. Yeah. And we've made the bet that if they really discriminated in the study between processed and unprocessed meat, that it would turn out that processed meat might be problematic, but mm -hmm. uh, unprocessed meat 
such as grass-fed beef, hamburger. Right, uh, natural raised pork. Right, and you, you include prosciutto, yeah. because I've looked at yeah. my prosciutto, which I eat from time to time, uh, and the ingredients are pork and salt. That's it. Period. No nitrates. Right. Nothing like However, that. However, uh, mm-hmm. when you look at, you know, your Oscar Mayer wiener, or, right. you know, your Lunchables, which you give your kids because it's so convenient in a little yeah. plastic package, yeah. that there's all kinds of things, that, <clears throat> unmentionable, unpronounceable things in right. there. Including the colorings, MSG. emulsifiers, uh, you know, preservatives. MSG. Yeah, all kinds You of wonder that. why your kid right. has ADD? That's yeah. So, take so, away the Lunchables. So now there's a study. Yeah. Okay, it's entitled Unprocessed versus Processed Meat. Uh, association of unprocessed and processed meat intake with mortality and cardiovascular disease. Now, mm-hmm. that's important because we want to know, does it cause heart disease? But we also want to know the ultimate endpoint, which is, do people who eat meat die sooner? <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, because, wow. you know, it, there might be, for example, there are things, for example, mm-hmm. and we, we uh, just reviewed this on my uh, weekly radio show, uh, like bypass surgery and stents that reduce cardiovascular disease, yes. but don't reduce mortality. Huh. So, so that's not so good. You no. know? So it's like, oh, wow, I'm not going to get a heart attack. Okay, but you're going to die uh, at the same age anyway. Right, because you're going to be hit by a bus crossing Madison Avenue. Or, or die of something else. Or, or die maybe, of something else. Have, maybe be dragged down by the, all the medications you have to take after you have yes. a stent. You know, like yeah. There are consequences to that. Right. Anyway, so coming back to the meat question, uh, what they did, this is a big study, uh, multi-country study in Europe. It's called the PURE study. They like, they like these acronyms. Prospective mm-hmm. Urban Rural Epidemiology Study, which oh, is the PURE study. They love acronyms. <laughs> um, it's a study of 134,297 individuals, and they looked at you know, low, middle, and high-income studies in mm-hmm. Europe. And they followed them for nine and a half years. And they found this, no association between unprocessed meat and the risk of dying, mm-hmm. and uh, no association with cardiovascular disease. Well, there you go. Uh, however, when it comes to processed meat, higher intake of processed meat was associated with higher risk of total mortality and major cardiovascular disease. About... higher risk of dying and about 50% higher risk of cardiovascular disease. So that's, and oh, by the way, they threw in a little ancillary. They looked at uh, poultry intake. There was no association observed between poultry intake and health outcomes. Mm, Interesting. You can can eat chicken to your heart's content. So chicken or chicken roll? Well, (laughs) they didn't didn't distinguish, actually. I don't think they distinguished with the poultry. uh, Right. Because there is such a thing. And like uh, chicken nuggets, I considered processed. Uh, I'm not even protein. sure that's meat. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it, <laughs> but it's it's laced yes. with the same additives and extenders and true, things like that. True, true. But anyway, so yeah, poultry got a pass. So so that's um, you know, that answers that question. Mm-hmm. Now here's another question: Is in this day and age where you know we're talking about sustainability and they yes. want us to eat less meat? Yeah, uh, because of the planet. Because yeah. global warming, because methane burps from cows, and, and because, from the continental plates, right? And because it's you know, it, how do it's we plug that up? Energy intensive, <laughs> right? Right. Okay. okay. Volcanoes too, but that's yes, another yes, story. yes. Right. Yes. So uh, the the, um, the the one of the solutions that's being proposed is what's called um, 
lab-grown meat. Lab-grown meat. Yeah. So there now there's plant-based meat, but that's not yes. Really, lab-grown meat is the idea is you take a cell and you basically put it in a culture medium and you grow it. Yeah. And you grow it in like a big tank full of nutrients. Yes. And eventually you'll make enough that you can make a pseudo hamburger. It, yeah. it, it's tougher to make a steak because you have to reconstitute all of you know the the, the structures of the steak and the marbling. Right. But maybe hamburgers or maybe you know something. Maybe yeah. you you could have make uh, you know taco with lab grown meat and put enough sauce in it to camouflage the flavor deficits. Mm -hmm. But th they're actually talking about this. Uh, big article, very mm -hmm. detailed article entitled, and I sent it to you. So it's called "Lab Grown Meat Is Supposed to Be Inevitable." The science tells a different story, and there's all these startups, you know, with big investments, you know, to create uh, labs to study how this can be done, and then they're going to create plants which are going to make this stuff, so that we can envision a future, maybe in the 22nd century, where there won't be any animals. We won't be killing these poor animals anymore. We'll just go to like a big vat and extract these, uh, you know, cells that are growing in there and uh, have faux. I mean, yeah. it's real. It's real meat because it's cellular. Yes, it's it's cells. Yes, you know, just like you know, you grow. It would be like cloning Dolly. Yes, we, yeah. we kind of get it. But but but, but not, it's not, not really not really an animal. It's just yes. it it it's without. It's the muscle meat. The muscle meat. But you don't get the organs. Well, you it, don't get the brain I mean, and the liver. Maybe you could you know get the liver and you could get make uh, cruelty free uh, pate de foie. You yeah, know, yeah, conceivably, if somebody wants that. So right. there's a lot of talk about that. So anyway, in this article. They talk about the obstacles to this. And there are so many obstacles that in this article they conclude this could never work. It, it's And you could say, well, who knows what kind of technology we'll have in the 22nd century. Yeah. You know, we can't yeah. dream of the technology we might have. Sure. But um, they say that it would be so expensive. Even to, you'd have to create these gigantic vats. And it, to build a plant like that, that's economically feasible, it would mm -hmm. cost like an investment of half a billion dollars for each plant. And still, when they wow. say, even if they set up like dozens and dozens of these plants, it still would constitute like about one or two percent of the meat demand mm -hmm. across the globe, you know, at, at enormous cost. It, it would cost like hundreds of dollars to have uh, the equivalent to a hamburger. Right. Now, maybe they can make it scalable, but here's another problem. Mm. Having a vat of cells is like having an animal without an immune system because mm. the cells, if one bacteria got into that, it would spoil the whole batch. Yeah. If one virus got into it, it would spoil. And then how do you fix the plant? This plant that you've invested half a billion dollars in with pipes and, and vats. And, and it would have to live in a plastic bubble. Because it has no immune system. Right. Well, it, it, it in fact is in, it's not a living organism. It's yeah. just a slurry. It's a yes. slurry. It's kind of like... But uh, still, because it's a protein, even a pseudoprotein, it has the ability to grow bacteria and stuff. Well, it, it has to be, a, to be infected. To be in, infected. Yes, yeah. yes. It's a perfect culture medium for bacteria and yeah. viruses. So let's say there was an accident and some bacteria was introduced. You'd have to strip down the whole plant mm -hmm. because with the pipes and the and the and the, and the conduits and the and the vats, yeah. you, you'd never know where the infection was coming from. You'd have to sterilize the whole thing. And yeah. So that's one problem. Another problem is the growing cells need nutrients, mm. and you know, in a little petri dish, you know, you just put a little, you know, some protein in there. It's not. Do we deal. feed it animals? 
No, you'd feed it. You'd feed it. Soy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be ironic? You'd feed it soy. <laughs> feed, you'd feed okay. it soy. Feed if it this soy. sounds a little like Soylent Green, yeah, you know, uh, it is a little like Soylent Green because we're basically making sort of a paste of cells. So that would give the GMO soy market an even bigger boost. Yes, because even more demand. But would that save the planet? GMO. Because we'd have to, you know, tear down more of the Amazon to make the enormous amount of soy. That's true. And then it'd be highly processed because you'd want to get like amino acid mixes yeah. with a certain ratio of carbohydrates to certain mm-hmm. growth factors, and you know. This is actually, by the way, the technology by which they're making these vaccines, is they're growing them in vats. Yeah. And it's it's sort of a, a GMO technology, mm-hmm. uh, which is designed to, uh, you know, multiply the RNA yeah. so that the RNA can then be processed into little packets and put into your injections. Mm-hmm. But but you're, you don't have to eat that RNA, just like a few cc's are put into your arm. Yeah. And that's like not every day do you have to have like a big, exactly. you know, uh, yeah. a big Mac uh, worth of synthesized uh, material. Yeah. So anyway, so the, the bottom line with that is they're saying this, a lot of, it's catching the imagination of a lot of investors because they think it's really cool to save the planet and it's got enormous growth potential. But now analysts are saying that this is going to crash and burn. This, this technology is going to come so. up against insurmountable barriers. Yeah. And then, you know, okay, well, you say, well, what about the uh, Impossible Burger and things? That's not the same because those are... They're made of plants. Yeah. They're made of plants. I did a podcast on Impossible Burger, Beyond Beef, those kind of things. My worry about certain ingredients in there. Yeah, uh, and there's an article... And 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 other concerns. Just to cap it off, uh, there's an article here from organicconsumers.org. Plant-based meat not nutritionally equivalent to real meat real meat study yeah. finds. And I think yeah. you, you ripped off the same article. Uh, mm-hmm. They say it's indistinguishable, but it's really not. Um, it, well, uh, maybe in flavor or the look of it and how the meat actually, quote, bleeds yeah. and stuff like that. But they're using a, lay hem- uh, a, le- uh, a leg, leg, hemoglobin. leg hemoglobin. Right, from which, soy. From soy, yeah. which has not been shown to be safe. safe or GRAS, generally regarded as safe. And... That's the problem they're having with it. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah it's and interesting. so it, it, is it the same? Will, you, will it be digested the same way? Will it have the same effects on the microbiome? Yeah. What will uh, it do to the microbiome? Yeah, who, right? knows? who knows? We are the guinea pigs. We are. Right. Oh, no. I'm not because I don't eat that stuff. No, no, no. I won't yeah. eat that stuff either. The answer to the climate is regenerative farming where yeah. you're not only growing your crops and they're not genetically modified and the plow is the worst thing that ever happened to the soil. So no more of that, but animals have to coexist, you know? The chickens have to be there, the cows have to be there, the chickens have to pick at the cow dung to get rid of the flies that go around the cows, and the cows have to eat the grass and then move them around, and then that grass Which gets regenerated. Which the and microbiome go- of the soil. Exactly. Yeah. It's an ecosystem yeah. of plants and animals. And, and you you may can't say, be one without the other. And you may say, um, well, that's unnatural because you know, raising cattle... You know, on the prairie is an aberration. But what no. came before we introduced cattle was these enormous herds of bison. Yes. And uh, and through uh, and moose millions and elk of years, and there were these whatever giant herb- herbivorous animals. Yes. Uh, the the predecessors to horses, the predecessors yes. to our modern cattle, uh, who uh, roamed the land and in effect uh, mm-hmm. interacted in a in a ecosystem mm-hmm. with the, with the land. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Uh, I think there's a, we've got a, you know, we're on a headlong rush 
to replace our current diets exactly. with substitutes. And, and, I, and it all appears to be a fight against nature. We have to stop fighting nature. We have to, there is a plan, and that plan works, and we can take care of the earth in a very responsible way. We can be good stewards of the earth. We can reduce the CO2. We can reduce the methane. We could do all of these things if we do farming properly, not with the plow, not with fertilizer, unless it's natural, not with glyphosate, not with all those, uh, uh, all of those pesticides, herbicides, and all the above. We have more Parkinson's, we have more ALS, we have more multiple sclerosis than in the, than in the history of the whole world. There's toxins, there's toxins in our environment. And it's not just everything I mentioned, it's the food we're eating, the glyphosate, if you're eating the pasta, or if you're eating the potatoes, because they're used as a desiccant. But there's also electrosmog. There's all kinds of things. There's, you know, trying to control the weather, or dampen down the, the effect of radiation from the sun, and aluminum is being, you know, there's aluminum in the air. It's not just in the antiperspirant that we no longer use. Uh, or the aluminum pots that we just threw out. We're breathing the stuff. When mm-hmm. it rains, it's also raining. It's also raining glyphosate. Yeah. It's raining Monsanto on your backyard organic farm. It is. There's no way out of this except to clean everything up and, and let think, nature and the earth regenerate itself. And I think that's the the existential threat to mankind. Yes. Is, you know, we can sort of you know look at a lot of different possibilities, but that yeah. truly is an existential threat. On that note. Uh, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share, hopefully, some more uplifting information for you. <laughs> this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make intelligent medicine continuing free resource to you. And now back to the real business of Q&A with Layla, which is answering your questions. Yes, uh, we have a question from Charles. I very recently had my yearly blood work. I'm a 56-year-old male who's been taking 2,000 IU of D3. And there is another 1,000 IU in my multivitamin. That's 3,000. Yeah, for the last year due to low D levels. Well, my blood work shows that my D levels went down. Well, 3,000 isn't enough. It went down from 32 to 24. Wow. So guess what his doctor prescribed? Uh, 50,000. 50,000 units of? D2. D2. Yes. It's always D2. Let me explain. Is when they prescribe um, the... uh, pharmaceutical form of vitamin D, which is now that, look, hey, 
give them credit for at least recognizing yes. that's a problem because they used to let it slide. Right. So now right. they've gotten a little on the D bandwagon, but they're prescribing the wrong D. Once a week, 50,000. Mm-hmm. It should, you know, it averages out to 7,000 a day, mm-hmm. which is going to get him a little bit more in the direction he needs to go in. I mean, alternatively, he could take, you know, uh, 10,000 a day for a while, mm-hmm. which is a lot, but it, you monitor it until it gets to the right level. Yeah. But uh, we prefer the vitamin D3, which you can also get 50,000 of vitamin D3, mm-hmm. which is a little more bioavailable. Yes. We think. One is made from uh, lanolin mm-hmm. from sheep, which is the D3. Right. And the other one is called ergocalciferol. Yes. Which is made, colocalciferol is the lanolin. Is the lanolin, And yes. it's interesting because it, it's just cheaper in the sun. And they make vitamin D in their in their in their in their, in their, their fur. fur. Yeah, yeah. In that's their, the in lanolin source. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and but you can also irradiate mushrooms. Mushrooms yes. can right. They if you grow D. your shiitake mushrooms in the sun, yeah. But you'd have to eat a barrel of it, right? And you'd have to eat about two pounds of salmon a day, right? And, and you'd have to drink gallons of milk a day. And that's that's D D two. That's D yeah. Right. So uh, so look, it's it. It's not horrible. No. It could be better. Yeah. I don't think ergocalciferol is, is damaging. Well, there was a report where taking D2 could possibly deplete D3. Okay. And we don't want that. Oh. I remember we oh. talked about that year, it was years ago. Okay. It had to be almost 10 years ago. Interfere with it. But I remember, I remember distinctly Interfere that there was an interference. Okay. That could be. So. Well, look, we prefer D3. And yeah. most uh, health food store products are the D3. So. Mm-hmm. All right, um, yeah. and I think that Fullscript has the fifty thousand international units of vitamin D three on the website, so you can go to drhoffman.com and sign up for Fullscript. The only problem is, I'm concerned about abuse because somebody who's a little nuts or misinformed could take fifty thousand once a day, and that for, is, for six months, and that could really get you toxic. So fifty thousand yeah. uh, should be done, you know, once a week and monitored. Once a week and monitored, and probably not done for more than two months tops. Yep, yep. but really monitored. By, yeah. by but it's amazing how much vitamin D people can tolerate. That's true. And the latest study shows, it was a new study that's not been peer-reviewed, it just appeared, uh, which says that the sweet spot for protection against COVID is 50. And it, that there's... A level of 50. That if you attain 50, uh, it's almost virtual assurance yeah. that you won't die. I mean, that that's a tall claim, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they muster some evidence to show that it so yeah. drastically reduces the risk of dying mm-hmm. that um, D is that important. But you know, here's another wrinkle yeah. of that is that overweight people tend to have low D, and it might low D might be a marker for obesity in, right. that, in that study. Well, you know, vitamin D is sequestered by fat cells. Yes. And that's why obese people will have a low D. Yeah. And certain medications, uh, steroids, um, uh, anticonvulsant medications, yeah. Um, and inflamed people have low D that yes. sort of eats up their D. It's really so, eating up their anyway, D. So yeah. there could be, is D just a marker for debilitation and comorbidity? Or is, the, the study did not say that they demonstrated that taking certain amounts of D reduce the hospitalization rate. Although I think there's some studies like that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So Charles, there you go. It should be vitamin D3. Right. Thank you. For your email. We've got an email here all the way from Ireland from Catherine. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, I cannot Can you begin. Read it with a brogue? Dear Dr. Hoffman Dear and Layla, Dr. Hoffman. I cannot begin to explain 
how much I enjoy your most informative medicine programs, which I listen. Good job. Via, I, I used to, I dated a guy for 10 years yeah. from Dublin. Oh. So I, it, it rubbed off. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing, Pet? Anyway. Sure, sure, Begora, <laughs> I enjoy your program. <laughs> anyway, I'm writing to inquire. Praise be the saints. <laughs> May the wind be at your back. Yeah. Uh, I'm writing to inquire what suggestions you might have for my very sprightly 87-year-old mother who was recently diagnosed with colon cancer with metastases to the liver. She had a right uh, hemicolectomy back in 2021, or which we are in. Getting into some heavy medical yeah. prescribing here. Yeah. Uh, prescribes Zoloda with a period of rest. Unfortunately, our tumor markers okay, increased. Zoloda is a, is a medication that is an uh, oral medication, I think. Yeah. It's used in the treatment of colon cancer. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. So it didn't work. Didn't work. Her tumor markers increased significantly, and a recent CT scan shows increase in both liver lesions. My mother's a big believer in alternative medicine, takes wheatgrass twice a day, has a good diet, is very active. Her oncologist is recommending I run... Irono to Sam. Yeah, camp, it's also called Camptosar. Okay, IV um, infusion every two weeks. It's an IV treatment. Okay, so it's a little stronger medication. So I, you know, I'm not going to go. This is complicated, and I'm not. And it's a consult, yeah. Transatlantically, but I will say this: mm -hmm. is you know, from what we know about this uh, uh, type of chemo, um, fish oil can be useful to reduce side effects, and melatonin is often helpful in, in cancer. And she could take melatonin at high doses if it's available across the pond. 10 milligrams, 20, 20, 20 milligrams. milligrams at night. Yeah, yeah, that would be safe. And uh, there's some evidence that um, something called Coriolis versicolor, or, you know, the brand name is uh, PSK, uh, which is a type of uh, mushroom mm. extract. Mm -hmm. uh, turkey tail is what that is. Turkey tail uh, mushroom. I've actually hiked in the woods and I saw this beautiful turkey tail in the in the shadows, you know, because it grows in the dark, and the color is really gorgeous in turkey. Okay, tail. you know, not to never forage mushrooms on your own. No, but you can buy that? the you know the yeah. properly okay. uh, prepared PSK. Yes. Uh, polysaccharide K from it's actually fungus Coriolis versicolor. Mm -hmm. And that, that may be helpful, but you got to be careful because certain herbs uh, can interfere with uh, irinotecan. Um, and so, uh, and don't take uh, St. John's wort because it interferes with a lot of things. St. John's wort interferes with so many things, I never prescribe it to anyone for anything. Well, the only time where it might be useful is on a, uh, a patient who takes no medication, who has depression. Whatsoever. Yeah, and then can take St. John's wort. Yes, but then if they ever do start a medication... Yeah, then they, they need to, to check in with yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. and say, oh, by the way, because that's a problem. You don't want to take St. John's wort with, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Anti-hypertensive medications. With Prozac. With, Pro with anything. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's... Uh, yeah. So, oh, wow. So, melatonin, the fungi, mm -hmm. the Coriolis. Fish oil. Fish oil. Mod modest suggestions. Modest suggestions. Catherine, thank you for writing us, and, and best of luck to your mother. Wow. Wow, that's really something. Okay. Um, so let's uh, preview what we're going to talk about in part two because oh, we're nearing our time. We're nearing our time. One. Yes. Uh, I've been taking strontium. Uh, in January, it'll be four years. So how do I stop taking it? Okay. Question about strontium. When we return, I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence, and it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. We'll be right back.